0: Hi, and welcome to episode number 176 Church and Children. This episode is going to be strictly about how to uh, bring your children to Mass and how to make Mass important in your family culture. Later on, I will do another episode on raising children with an active faith life. But I thought I would address the idea of our faith in relation to church and going to church. And how we help our children really value going to church. So that when they're adults, they've created habits that it just seems natural to keep going to church. I think I read a statistic that somewhere around 75% of Catholics do not go to church. And I thought, what a pity. So if I can help others create a culture, basically a family culture around going to Mass, rather than Mass is just something that happens in the week, then I thought I would share it. And whatever you hear that may be helpful to you, take it. And if you don't think it's helpful, discard it. Okay. So one of the first things is be on time for Mass, which actually is five minutes early. (laughs) Did you know that? Because if you're on time, that's when the priest is walking down the aisle. And that's too late. You want to tell your children this is important, and we are here and we are seated and we are waiting, waiting for this to happen, waiting for this to begin. So be on time. Um, the next thing is know your children's abilities. Now, this is my opinion. Others may disagree. You're perfectly entitled to disagree with me. But in our experience, We didn't try to have family mass when we had a toddler or two who simply didn't have the maturity to behave in mass. So I'm talking like less than two years old. We went to separate masses. Michael would go to one mass and I would go to the other. We would always take the older children, but we would keep the toddler home or the babies home if they were not able to be quiet for that whole hour. So know your children know how long, what's their resilience factor? How long can they behave? If you do decide to bring them, please take them out. If they don't behave as you want them to don't wait, don't wait until it goes on and on and on. They're crying or they're screaming, or I'm talking about disruptive behavior. I'm not talking about where they, you know, walk, down the pew and back, and whatever they need to do to get up and stretch their legs, or they go to you and then they go to dad. That's different. I am talking about loud, disruptive behavior. And depending on the age of them, you can either hold them in the back or let them roam around a little in the vestibule to, you know, get some of their motion out. And then you can bring them back in. Specifically, I think during the homily and during the Eucharistic prayers where people really, really are trying to pay attention and focus, and we don't want to be uncharitable to those around us. It's not that you're bad, it's not that we don't love your children, it's just really a matter of respect for everyone around us. An hour is a long time for some toddlers to sit quietly, but you don't want to be disrespectful to those around you. Now, I've seen some comments in Facebook groups that young moms think they shouldn't have to take them out. And I just really question, where is that coming from? It's no judgment on you. You might be judging yourself that your child is misbehaving, but others just want to participate by listening. And if the children that you have right now is a stage that as a family you're going through Why do we need to make sure everyone else around us goes through that stage with us? It's just not fair. So take them out, bring them back whenever they can calm down, okay? No judgment, just just being kind to those around you and being kind to your toddler who may not be able to sit quietly for an hour. All right, the first real point that I wanna talk to you about in mass Your children have to see that a faith life is important to you. What is your attitude about your faith life? Is it just a bunch of rules and obligations? Or is it a relationship with God? Does your faith life consist of more than just going to Mass on Sunday? Or is that just a box that you check at the beginning of the week? Do you pray as a family? Do your children see that you believe in God's power and that he answers your prayers? Do you talk about Jesus naturally in your home? Do you love your faith? Really, that's what it comes down to. Because if we see our faith life as just a set of rules and obligations, there's no love in that. And the children will quickly see that. But when our children see that we love god and that our whole life surrounds god and is infused by god sunday mass is like of course we go to sunday mass we go to sunday mass because we want to receive jesus in the holy eucharist and we explain that to them even as toddlers small children they get it i i love when I see a mom or dad carrying a child, a toddler usually, up to Holy Communion, or maybe they're walking with them, holding their hand, and the priest gives uh, the adult Holy Communion, and the child starts crying because they want one. I want that. I want Jesus. I've heard children come back. It's so beautiful because obviously their parents have told them what they're doing. They're receiving Jesus, and. They walk back and they say, I want Jesus. I want, it's so cute. That's the desire that we want our children to have. And they will have it if they see you have it. Remember, we become who we surround ourselves with. So as a small child growing up in a home, if we are not surrounded with love and active, interaction with God then our children will not become that they will go and check the box until they don't have you around anymore to tell them to go and check the box one of my sons when he went off to college he and his friends had gone to um, a Catholic high school here Catholic boys school here and he told me when he came back after first semester that um, none of them go to mass we were talking about going to mass he said no they don't go to mass And I said, why? He said, because they said, my parents don't tell me what to do anymore, so I don't have to. And I said, do you go to mass? And he said, yes, of course, (laughs) because I didn't go. This is what he's saying to me, because I didn't go because you told me I have to. I went because that's what we did as a family, because we loved it. So remember that your children are watching you and they need to see that you value this. The next point is don't expect them to do as you say in church if you haven't trained them to do as you say at home. This is a big thing. And actually, it doesn't matter if you're in church or the grocery store or at someone's home. If you haven't trained them at home to have self-regulation, then they will not have self-regulation outside the home. So I think we know what self-regulation is, but just in case, it's the ability to regulate our emotions, our thoughts, and our actions according to the circumstances. We must teach our children self-regulation at home so that when they get to church, it's really a habit. And if you have to correct them, they know the correction and they go back to self-regulating. So do you mean what you say at home? Because if you don't, Then when they're fooling around in the pew and you say stop and sit down, they're not going to listen to you and then it's going to escalate. Do you have structure and respect in your home so that they understand that you and your husband are the boss? Peaceful parenting is a big thing now and so many people think it means we just let our children behave the way they think they need to behave. That's not peaceful parenting. Peaceful parenting is having the authoritative voice, not the authoritarian voice where you're constantly negative and constantly correcting and really being punitive all the time. That's not disciplining with love. And it's also not respecting them. So letting your children know at home the structure that when you say sit down for dinner, they come and sit down for dinner so that when you turn to them and say, sit down, please in the pew, they will do it, all right? So make sure that you understand if you want your children to behave in church, it's actually quite simple and quite difficult. You have to make them behave at home. You have to teach them discipline, discipline for themselves. Okay. Discipline is not about spanking all the time. Discipline is about Teaching them self regulation. So sometimes in mass, if they are not behaving, you do need to take them out and, you know, either speak with them sternly or we spanked. Um, In fact, there's kind of a little funny story about one of our sons. It's always our sons, never our daughters. Hmm, wonder why that is. Anyway, one of our sons was not behaving in mass. We had told him once. On the second time, we said, We're going to take you out. And he still didn't behave. So dad picked him up. He was about four. Dad picked him up and started walking down the aisle. And he said, no, daddy, don't spank me. Don't spank me. And of course, I was humiliated. My husband, not so much. (laughs) But I was humiliated. But he did take him out. And he did give him a little swat on the behind. And then he brought him back in. And you know, we never had trouble with him again. So... I don't know if you spank or not. That's completely up to you. I have mixed feelings on it, to be very honest. But for us, spanking was a part of our discipline in the sense that it was just a quick spank on the bottom to catch their attention and let them know that we were serious about what we were saying. Listen to us. Okay, that was a digression. But back to mass. Require them to participate in mass, but require them to participate from love. Again, age appropriate. Children who are school-aged can participate in parts of the mass, but the little ones usually cannot. They can usually participate in the sign of peace. They may know the Our Father. Hopefully they do. Even if they don't say it well, You should be teaching it to them when they're two and three so that they can start saying the words that they know. And then in mass, they say it in mass, they can do the sign of peace without silliness. Okay. This is not a time to be silly, but it's our way of encouraging them to participate where they can. One of our children, I remember, um, actually it was a boy (laughs) and he knew the Alleluia and at a very young age. And so when we sang the Alleluia, he sang it right along. It was so sweet. So for the little ones, help them to pay attention. In fact, you know, when we're kneeling at the consecration, bring them in close to you with your arm around them and point up and say, hey, there's Jesus. Do you see Jesus? Always bring them in. Now you may be saying, Janet, you don't understand. I have four little ones. I do understand. I had six under eight years old, so I do get it. I had two arms and I had one child around each arm. My husband had two arms. He usually had them around him. And then the oldest was really right there by us. Okay, so teach them to participate from love and watch your tone, how you're doing that, okay? Don't be critical and say, hey, pay attention, pay attention. We don't want to do that. We want to say, do you see Jesus? He's, he's waiting for you. And then after communion, teach your children to thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for when you're going to come to me. Help me to be prepared to receive you soon. If they're little, please, no food or coloring books. Please don't do that. They do not need a snack. They need quiet books. And I would have a bag of five six books reserved only for church so that when we went to church, they were new books for them. And they just sat quietly in the pew and looked at their books. And if they would say to me, hey, look, look at this, look at this. And I would turn to them and say, no, I am paying attention to mass. You may read this book quietly, but you may not bother me. And if you do, I will take the book away. We hear so often adults, you know, late teenagers, even early teenagers, saying, I don't get anything out of Mass. And I would say, what have you put into it? What have you brought to Mass? And parents, you need to help your children put into Mass by participating. Of course, that will require that you participate. So here's a little examination of conscience. Do you act bored or do you allow your children to act board. Is your countenance pleasant, your facial expression? Do you look like you want to be there? Are you smiling? Not in a weird way, but just smiling because you know you're in the presence of God. Do you help them follow along in the book? Even the ones who are just learning how to read, show them where they are and point to each of the parts of the mass in the book. And do you and your children participate in singing? Now, way back in the day, I was actually a music director at one of our parishes. So I was an education major with an almost major, double major in music, but I didn't pursue the double major. I just minored in it. And um, singing was a big thing. I started playing the organ for church when I was in fifth grade. Can you believe it? I would go to Saturday mass and then four masses on Sunday playing the organ from fifth grade through high school. (laughs) So I think that was one of the great preparations for me to really love the mass. And singing is a big part of mass. Yes, it takes some of us out of our comfort zone. Yes, we may think we don't have good voices, but actually the number of people who don't have good voices is really low. Most people can follow along. They've heard the tune in their head before, so they know what it is, and they can read the words, and they can follow along. So participate in singing. And we would take, if our children were sitting there and they weren't singing, we would take the book out and open up to the song and give it to them and tell them it's time to sing now. So participating in all parts of the liturgy. And the last thing I want to talk about is making Sundays special. Sundays were the highlight of our week with our children. We had church clothes for everyone, which meant long pants, socks, church shoes, you know, nice shoes, and beautiful dresses for the girls. Didn't have to be expensive, but they had to be, of course, modest on the top and long enough to be modest on the bottom. I spent extra money on my daughters during the preteen and teen years because I wanted them to find clothes that they felt were in fashion but were modest. It's really interesting when you see what's out there in the children's section for teens and preteens. its I mean, the clothes for girls are total trampy clothes. They're terrible. And so I spent the extra money to take them to the nice women's Um, you know, the ones that were really popular, but they had more of a selection of clothes that they could actually wear that were modest and they felt were still in fashion. So church clothes for everyone, including you and your husband, we dressed up. We're going to see God. Why would you not dress up? If you were going to meet someone like the president or the Pope or, you know, some, some important figure You would always dress up. You dress up for weddings, not so much for funerals, unfortunately, anymore, but you should because it is an important event. Every Sunday, going to Mass is an important event. Teach your children it's that important to dress up. They don't need to have a lot of church clothes. I think we had one pair of pants for each of the boys and a couple of tops, a couple of shirts. And the girls, they had, you know, two or three outfits that they just rotated, And for those of you who live in a place where they have soccer games or baseball games, they don't need to come in their uniform. They need to come in their dress clothes, and then they can change quickly and go to their game. The second thing is prep the night before so that you're not screaming around one minute before you have to leave trying to find a shoe for your three-year-old. Lay it all out so that it's all there and easily found. Everything is pressed if it needs to be pressed and everyone knows what they're going to wear. And then afterwards, get donuts or get bagels or make a special breakfast. Do something that continues the celebration for the children. Consider no tech, no tech, maybe until at least one o'clock in the afternoon, no tech in the morning, not for you or your husband or any of the children. Let God be first. You might decide no tech all day. I think that's great. We won't die if we don't get a message. We just won't. We won't die if we don't check what's in the news, what's on Instagram, whatever your children's apps that they go on. No one will die if they don't check it or if they don't respond to someone immediately. So maybe put it on do not disturb and have a tech-free morning only for God. And then create family time together on Sundays. Keep Sunday totally family focused. No chores around the house. If your children have friends, they don't go out to see their friends on Sunday. Now they might go outside and play, which is very different than going to someone's home. We really kept Sunday just for our family. And then the last thing is watch your tone on Sunday. Be very careful that you are not impatient. As the heart of the home, help your husband and your children create an environment that is purely God-focused and family-focused. Let this be your one day where things calm down and relax, where you're not doing anything that's distracting. Have fun together and create memories of going to Mass and really fun quality family time afterwards that your children will want to experience again and again into their adulthood. That's a big component in your children continuing going to mass as adults. They have happy experiences and through the way you form them and teach them about their faith, they naturally want to continue this relationship with Jesus Christ with God their Father, with the Holy Spirit in the sacrament of Holy Mass. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be? The woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at janet at findingjoyinmotherhood.com